This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. And Saint Flotsam raised the list of favorites up on high, saying, Thou shalt count to seven albums. No more, no less. Seven shall be the number thou shalt count, and the number of the counting shall be seven. Eight shalt thou not count, neither count thou six, excepting that thou then proceed to seven. Ten is right out! Once the number seven, being the seventh number, is reached, then lovest thou the episode toward thine listeners' ears, who, upon hearing thy list, shall be somewhat amused. <laughs> one <Wow>. take! <laughs> one take! One take! Well done. Welcome to Bacon Cell. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. We'd like to thank you for listening to our last episode. The random What Would Bacon Cell Do? I loved it. It is always fun yeah. to get a little bit into the mind, but uh, really... It, I think my favorite moment of the entire show was how quickly, and that is not an edit, listener, how quickly uh, Kent was willing to just destroy <laughs> Portland. Uh, fun fact, and I don't know if she'll want me to share this, but I'm going to share it Okay, anyway. go on. I was uh, getting ready, and uh, this morning, actually, and well, the day of the recording, Yeah. and as I was getting ready, I hear my wife, who was in taking a bath in the bathroom, I hear her just guffawing, okay. just laughing. Sure. And and she kept going for a while, and she was doing her giggling thing. She was laughing pretty hard. So finally, I was like, what's, what's going on? And she just said, Portland. <laughs> <laughs> it was a mistake. I regret it. And... Uh, Kent and I just watched a movie where uh, the first you see, thing you did was they yeah, destroyed you Portland. S- you see a headline where Portland is destroyed, and I just laugh <laughs> so much. So thank Poor you for Portland. That, we also Seriously. had some fun comments, including from Meg J. Parker, who said, listened while stuck on a tarmac for two hours. I was laughing so hard. Everyone else looking at me like I'm crazy. Thanks for the entertainment, boys. We thank do like to make people look crazy. Yes. Doug <laughs> Smith says, just about every school has a banner outside saying bus drivers needed. I've never seen a sign seeing pickleball coaches. <laughs> this tells me that we have enough pickleball coaches and we can afford to lose I think it's because we sacrifice them <laughs> for the chocolate touch. I don't get the science. And then get ready for story time here from Kaylee Allred, who said, these episodes are my favorite. Thank you for bringing it back. A few oh, years I ago, I was at a family gathering and my parents sent me to the store for a few things. I got two items into the shopping cart when I ran into my ex-boyfriend's little brother. <laughs> he said hi and started making small talk. When the conversation lulled, we both looked down and saw the only two things in my cart. A reasonable amount of yogurt and a pregnancy <laughs> test my older sister had specifically requested. Let's just say that conversation ended very quickly. I couldn't help but think about what would Bacon Sale do. I figured I might lean into the role of shopping cart girl and grow my toenails out to the Velociraptor <laughs> legs or adopt five feral cats. Good to know oh. I also have the option of a yappy dog. I think I prefer the cats. Yeah. No, thank Kayla, you. what's up? That's I love, amazing. I love that seeing it actually that happen in real life. That because, actually happened. Because, Joel, that's every you, time. right? You're always like, oh, well, it could be for his sister. Yeah, and it was. And literally. it was all such a loophole. Also, what is a reasonable amount of yogurt? Like two? I don't know. Well, it depends. The, the individual sizes? I get the four pack. Guys? I get two of those four packs every See, time. I get one of the big boys. Oh, you, know, oh, the, you get the, the big, big boys. Yes. All right. Nice. Vanilla Greek yogurt. But I get the Kroger brand because I'm not made of money. Yeah. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you again, uh, listener, for uh, for joining in on that and sharing those. That was great to hear that. That was awesome. And thank you, Zach, again for doing that episode because that, that yeah. is just such a random uh, episode. And Zach, because AI helped, it just means you're going to have to do more of those yeah. shows. Oh, uh, and honestly, uh, a lot of props to Honey, my wife, as yes. well. Um, and I think if you, we'd like to do another one, I'm not uh, I'm not closed to the idea. Okay, it was Good fun. Wonderful. Good to yes. know. Speaking of giving props to people. We yeah. have some new patrons. We have some new patrons. So let's start off with Chad Illum. 
Is what? a patron? That sounds familiar. Weird. He's the uh, listener. About dang time. <laughs> uh, but he was before. He's yeah. the listener, and he's a tier three, <laughs> tier three fan. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> he's a tier one patron. He, he really wants those bacon bits, though. Clearly, yeah. and joining him on that tier is Taylor Meyer. So welcome, Taylor. Welcome, Thank you, Taylor. Thank you for patronizing us. And guys, we have a new person in I am the listener category, and it's what? Briggs is hot. Yeah, he is. Briggs that, wait, that's is the name? Hot. Briggs yeah. is hot? Oh, it's not just me making commentary. Oh, Briggs, <laughs> is, Briggs hot. is hot. That's the name? Yep. We and that's him, uh, I'm like a listener. Yeah. So thank you, patrons. Thank you, Briggs. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Taylor. And thank you, listener, for listening to this episode. Because we're not talking about uh, shopping carts today. What are we talking about today, Zach? We are talking about albums. <clears throat> what? We, we've talked music before we've on this show. We've talked music a lot. Yeah. We have we've talked, talked one hit lot. wonders. We talked in fact the bands. very popular shows. Yeah, people yeah. like them. We well, talked a lot about music, but someone had pointed out they're like, "But you guys have never talked about like your favorite albums." We're oft accused of being, uh, you know, uh, just the hits. And yes. we want to <laughs> prove we we've heard a deep cut before. Uh maybe some, maybe. Maybe. So we are looking today at our favorite albums. I hate these shows. Cuz you have to choose. Yeah, I have to choose. It's it's killing your dreams. It's like the Highlander. <laughs> there can be, be only, there can be only one. There, there can, can be, be only, only five. Or well, that's how the show started. We said, <laughs> we said, hey guys, top five. And both, like, I don't know about you guys. I don't know if you sense my frustration. I said, please no. Let's yeah. just make it a category show. I can't choose five albums. Right. Yeah, your top five albums. And they, I, I, I slightly suggested. I'm like, I think I may go slightly categorical. Yeah. Like, you know, different times in my life. And like, oh, we're gonna do a category show. That's so much easier. Yeah. Like, and then Joel no. recommended ten. Then I said, uh, I which have a, I have a feels proposal. nicer. I have a proposal, guys. Could we maybe do ten? Because we normally do a top five and bottom five, but we're only doing a top five. So maybe a five plus five is ten. Can we just do that? So, so Zach went no. <laughs> so our compromise. No, Joel. Short, some, shorter shows. Sometimes with planning, we do have to compromise, and our compromise was seven. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The funny thing was. Is like so, so Zach says no and then Kent says yeah probably not and I'm like so we're doing five then and Zach's like hold on hey, look. I didn't say five <laughs> uh, maybe seven <laughs> yeah anything but ten that you recommended because <laughs> I had I had at that point well, guys I, I didn't tell you this but I had my ten when I proposed oh, ten I, I I was like yes I can do ten. did you stress out about it enough I was well yes but then I could get it to ten and that's why I went I, I have a proposal guys can I use this list I already used? No. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And then I started to cut, and it was hard. Yeah. So then I, well, I was just like, let's do seven in three honorable mentions. But we can't. Which is ten. According to the, the St. Flotsam has said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can only use seven. You can do three honorable mentions. Yeah. No. That's no fun. Just quickly. Can't do can't it. Can't play a clip. I killed my darlings. Not, They're gone. It's not making the playlist. Oh, yes, we should mention we yeah. do have a Spotify playlist. We're not going to put the whole albums on there because that would be an insanely long playlist. Hey, I also, fun fact, this will be the first one. I'm going to make an Apple Music playlist, too, for the three oh, people really? that use that. Nice. I kind of use that. But yeah. uh, Kent has deemed that we are each allowed to pick two songs, yeah, two from, each songs album, from each album, which is seven picks. That's 14. So 14 times three is Wh what? Wait, what? <laughs> What? Each one of our things. We do two songs from seven albums. It's Hold 14. 14 Let me do some common core real quick. 14 times 20, three. 21 times two. So it's, it's 42. 24. No, it's... it's. Hold on. <laughs> 20 to 34. Hold on. 24. 54 tracks. No. What? Isn't it? 43. What? <laughs> How do you do 43? It's, hold on. Listeners. It's 54. <laughs> it's 54. <laughs> 42. I'm going crazy. No, it's 54. <laughs> 
Cut no, wait, you're out. right. Zach, you're right. <laughs> Cut all this out. <laughs> no way. That's staying in. Zach's right. Oh, I take it back. I started picking eight tracks in my own head for some reason. No one ever said And I did eight times right three. <laughs> anyway, math is hard. And uh, we're going to talk about music instead. <laughs> so what we've done, we've each picked a an al- seven albums. Seven, yeah. you guys. Specifically. Seven of our favorite albums. And this is that's why it's so hard because... You know, our musical taste will change over time. Maybe the album I liked when I was a kid is not an album I like now, but I still want to give it some love. Yeah, I get that. So did you guys just play it straightforward? Like, these are your top seven albums so, that you love right now? I went I went into this going, okay, what are the most flawless albums of all time? What are albums that I won't skip a song? And I thought of 10 off my head. And I'm oh, like, so okay. 10. So we should have done 10. Well, and then I was like, hey... Maybe I don't want to listen to that as much. Like, I know every song is good, but maybe I have no memories associated with that album. Yep. And so I said, okay, well, I like this album more, but I only like half the tracks. Still more memorable for me. Mm. So it kind of became a hodgepodge. Okay. And truly, most of these are from a certain era in my life. Let's yeah. say 1997 to 2005. Sure. I, I hear that. Uh, mine, one of my qualifications is I had to own it, which I don't know if people even own music anymore. They just have oh, to have a playlist. I was going to bring them in. I brought... I brought the albums that I, oh, put, oh, cool. I picked today. Love it. But uh, so mine, I had to own them. And then they had to be, for the most part, no skips. So like I could sure. put this album on and let it play and I will be happy the entire time. Totally. Those are my two big requirements. I think but. even in our favorites, we're willing to admit that there are some skips. Every now and then. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've heard this enough. Or, oh, that's that oh, one. That's song. a good album. But why did they let the bass player sing? Yeah. That's dumb. But mostly no skips. And so that's kind of my criteria. Zach, what, what was yours? Similar. I wanted to go not necessarily with the best, but with the favorite. I know Kent uh, thinks that they're one and the same, <laughs> but you know, like I've got uh, an album here from a band that I'm like, that's maybe their fourth or fifth best uh, album. Zach, I promise you the ones that I've chosen, the yeah. albums I've chosen are on no one's yes. favorite, best of list. And that's the thing. Uh, you know, I thought about, let's, let's say, for example, Michael Jackson's Thriller. I'll, I'll, spoilers. It's not on my list. That is such a good album that yeah. I don't have personal connection to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not my it's not my favorite thing. And I definitely have a personal connection to it, but there are definitely some tracks in there I don't like. Exactly. So. And I do have some, you know, maybe there are, are some skippable tracks or whatnot. But overall, I chose albums that I have emotional attachment to. Yes. Well, in... in <sighs> This is uh, playing my hand a little bit. Sure. But there were some times where, for example, the Beatles. I love Beatles songs. Songs. And if I had to narrow it down to one album, I had a hard time doing that. Because I'm like, I just like these songs, not Mm -hmm. necessarily the one album so much. So there is not a Beatles album on my list, which was very surprising. Not even like the compilation, like 1960 to 67? No, I I enjoy those as well. But I just didn't, it didn't. It didn't make the top ten because they're they're spread out over so many different times and places yeah. that it wasn't like an album. Okay. Well, I I don't want to belabor the point before we get into it. However, I'd like to have the brief discussion. Are you guys doing compilations or greatest hits? Yes. No. I I have them as honorable mentions because I thought Kent would give me a hard time. I I'm going to. Here's okay. the thing. I'm not using it as a cheat though. Like, oh, I like all their music, so I'm doing greatest hit. I'm doing ones where I Future actually that the album one. that album yeah. so I listen to start to finish. I almost chose a mashup artist that uh, does like rock backing tracks with hip hop music, mm-hmm. hip hop lyrics over the top because I find it so much fun. It's girl talk, but I'm like, nope. It, that won't work on the playlist because there's so many bad words. Actually, <laughs> there are so <laughs> many Joel? bad words. Yeah. I talked him out of that using that logic. Oh, thank you. I said, are there swears? Can't go on the playlist. No, there's so mm-hmm. many swears. Guys, rap? 
bad news. <laughs> <laughs> like, guys, I don't know if you know how derogatory rap lyrics are. Mm. Bad. Super uh, bad. Also, unlike Kent, I am limiting myself to one artist on my list. Did they make my list once? No, because Kent has I like did. six Surfion Stevens albums on there. <laughs> I have, I, I had debate because I have one artist on there. Kent has it on his list too. I could not decide between three albums. So yeah. I arbitrarily picked. I yeah. didn't pick a band because I know you'll pick them, Joel. So I left it off my list entirely. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. Are you sure I'll pick them? Mm. Oh, what, real, real quick though. I mean, do you guys still listen to albums? Is this something that you because the the modern streaming Spotify Apple Music era has totally changed the game here? Yeah. So funny you should say that is because I for the most part shuffle. I shuffle my right. playlist. It's all I do. I and, love, you, and you're working off a playlist. It drives my wife batty. She yeah. hates that. How it's like, oh, here's an Enya song. Well, there's Metallica. <laughs> like it's just like it's all over the place. And then yeah. oh, here's a dashboard song. I like this one. Skrillex. What is happening here? So she can't wah, stand listening wah, to my wah, shuffle wah. playlist. But. When I get into, for example, uh, we were driving in the car, we couldn't get any sort of mobile reception. And so yeah. we have like a hard drive in the in the car of all the CDs we put in there. These are the albums that I will turn on and be like, yeah. that one. I can listen to that entire album now. If it's a new album by one of my favorite artists, I will listen to the whole thing many times. But yeah. then it becomes part of the shuffle playlist. You, after you that, after I'm familiar, your because I need to know thematically how the album fits within their Ooh, discography. That's snobbish. Yeah. It, it's just how I am. But then Spotify, yeah. put whatever is out there. Sure. I don't even care. This And that's actually one of the things I used as my qualification. I have albums here that contain songs that when you hear them out of context, mm -hmm. you know, you have that thing where your brain knows what track is yep. next. Yeah. Yep. And when it doesn't happen, you're like, oh, oops. Because you yeah. you're used to listening to it, you know, in, in the way that the artist I intended. don't feel like people these days no. have that experience. So I, I actually going through this list and thinking about this has given me a new New Year's resolution of making a stronger effort to just listen to an album. You should. Because if you think about it, back in the day, before we could do the streaming thing, you know, you just would go and uh, say, oh, I, I like I like this one song from Nirvana. Uh, I'm going to buy the whole album. I didn't even know track names back in the day. I knew that I like track four and track seven. Yeah. You know, exactly. because yeah. it's in my CD player. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Did anybody know that uh, the most famous uh, and popular song of 2022 was track 12 on that uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit thing they bought yeah, who from years it. ago. Yeah, nobody knows when, that. Uh, knows when that. the Batman had, uh, what was that song? What was that song? That's something in the way. Coke, something in the way. Coke Zero. Anyway, so I, I'm going to make a stronger effort based on this just because I think it is fun to have these overall albums. Yeah. With that. And I did do kind of a cheat. Yeah, kind of a cheat because I did. Zach kind of inspired me, and I did kind of a cheat. There's a lot of kind ofs. No, nobody has ever said that before. That <laughs> yeah, first thing we've never cheated so. on the show. No. Uh, but I did choose albums. These may not be my seven ultimate best albums I've ever listened to. No, because that was very difficult. These may be representatives that I'm choosing to represent a whole group of sort albums of a, that I could shove right no, there. No, I think I feel like this will give a picture. Of each of us, maybe in our formative music careers. <laughs> We've done soundtrack maybe. of your life. This yeah. is almost album of your life. Let's be almost. honest. Yeah, almost. almost. All right. Let's, 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 let's do it. We've talked for 15 minutes about the setup. Let's just get into Joel, it. Joel, what's your first album? Oh, you start with me. Absolutely. Number seven. Your seventh best. Because I'm not talking about seven. Oh, I'm, I, I'm not ranking these. I'm just oh, going to go off the feel. Boo. I'm not going in order. Uh, these are somewhat in order, but man. It's it's a weird one to choose for my first album. Yeah, yeah. But it just landed here at number seven, and it's this. All right. So this is Music for a Darkened Theater, Volume 1, by Danny Elfman. And this really is the album that represents my love 
for film scores mm -hmm. because this was one of the first film score albums I bought and went, wow, instrumental, like orchestral music can be fun. Yeah. Can be creative, can get me pumped up. And you choose to listen to it on a CD. Yeah. And listen to the entire thing. And right. I would just pump this thing out. It's 73 minutes long, over 73 mm -hmm. minutes long. And I'd put it on. It came out in October 1990. And I would just let it play through as I was doing homework or as I was like driving the car. And I just loved it. Now, this is Danny Elfman's work from that time period. So you get things like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Batman, Dick Tracy, Beetlejuice. The Simpsons? Uh, Simpsons is on yep. there, which is always weird. You're going through this all instrumental. All of a sudden you hear the Simpsons. You're like, words? What are they doing here? Uh, Scrooge, <laughs> Big Top Pee Wee. Uh, and then, I'm scared of words. <laughs> there's ones like, I remember uh, uh, Hot to Trot. Never seen it in my life. Don't yeah. really plan on seeing it. But you knew the song. But the song is fantastic. Didn't he do Dick Tracy? He did. That's I, on here. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, Midnight Run is, I, I watched that movie. And as I watched the movie years later, like as an adult, the music came on. And I'm like, that's that's the music. That right there. I know that music. <laughs> And this really is became it's became very very familiar to me. Danny Elfman had comments in the in the liner. People don't have liners anymore. No, but in the liner notes that he talked about the tracks and what they meant to him. And I remember just really getting. And this was what made me go, Danny Elfman, film composer. Who are other film composers that I like? Oh, let's look up John Williams. Oh, let's look up Michael Giacchino. Like there, it it really did kind of instill in me a love for orchestral scores. And I love this album, and I will still to this day just put it on and just enjoy it. Yeah. Everything from Tales from the Crypt to uh, there's one uh, from Scrooge, and there's one called like Face Like a Frog. Okay. But, but it, it has longevity. It does. Since when you were a kid. Since now. Kid, to now. And we use this, like we use this, we were making movies all the time as kids. And mm -hmm. this was in like many of our soundtracks. There's <laughs> so much variety here from peppy and happy to creepy and dark. Yeah. Makes sense why you won't see them on YouTube. No. Yeah. No. But Copyright. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, this episode will not be on YouTube because I already know a bunch of these songs are flagged and yeah, they will be sure. flagged again. So Music for a Darkened Theater, Volume 1 by Danny Elfman. I don't even know if you can buy it anymore, but if you can find it, give it a listen. On sure. BMG, actually. Yeah. <laughs> the first one's $7. Yeah, but then a penny right after that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kent. All right, my first one, I wanted a representative of the past decade because all of my albums are from a long time ago. And I'm like, okay. You're trying to get some more recent. Yeah, I'm like, but recent is 2013. So not super recent. Recent enough. But I'm like, do I still that's, love albums? That's post Kent and Joel meeting. What's, yeah, recent, what's your most recent, Joel? 2003. Okay. One. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that crazy, though? Yeah. I think it's because we're grading these on, hey, for 20 years, this has lasted. Yes, it is right? longevity. And it's the fact that really albums aren't as much of a thing anymore. So I went with one where I'm like, who's one of my favorite current artists? Okay. Have I been listening for 10 years? Have I listened to this album since then and not got sick it's of it? It's AJR, isn't it? It's AJR. Bang, I love that guy. He's like cool winter hat. <laughs> you guys may not know this song, but I've brought up this artist several times on the show. Love, this guy's name is Tom O'Dell. Oh, yes. He's a British pianist, songwriter. And I just freaking love his voice. I have What's the album? a voice crush on him. The album is called Long Way Down. This was released June 2013. song. <laughs> no. It's a good song. That's my number six. Oh, Google. Don't spoil my number six. Oh, okay. Of course it's not. This is Tom O'Dell's first album. He's had a few since then. I saw him in concert last year. This is an artist that I heard this song first. It's called Can't Pretend. And I was watching the BBC Three series called Being Human on Netflix, like way back in the day. It's about where a ghost, a vampire, and a werewolf all live in an apartment yeah. together. Yeah. And I'm watching that show. I liked it. It's super British, like low budget and everything. Then all of a sudden, this song starts playing, the song I just I was just playing. 
And I was like, wow, that song's really cool. And I'm like, I wish I had Shazam on my iPhone 6. Zachary Levi? <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'll just Google it. So I paused the show. I Google this song and I'm like, okay, Tom O'Dell, I'll look him up. And then I heard his other song called Another Love, which is truly one of my favorite songs of all time. And I've played that on a love song show before. Mm-hmm. A very kind of like heartbreaking song. This album is like super chill all the way through. It's great quality. And I'm still not tired of the, the melodies here. And like I said, but you said this is representative of all his work or just this album really is like the one that touches your heart. This is the most solid because then he kind of gets a little experimental and progresses a little bit. And there's still great songs throughout his career. But this one has the most bangers, best ballads. Those sounded like bangers, Kent. That one you just played was woo. <laughs> hey, look, look, it gets awesome. You just got to give it time. I'll, yeah. I'll give it a listen. Sure. Kent's hype music is off the chain. <laughs> Hips, hipster hype. <laughs> so Tom Odell is my number seven. Long way down. Okay, I'm, I'm going through my list, and I'm thinking about the albums that I owned. I, I want to say... So you own CDs? Yes. Okay. I've had them. I, I'm, a, I'm a young... I was dubious of I, it? I, I, I have a few. Okay. I had a whole stack. I had to take them out of storage. Nice. I have enough that I could store them away. However, I could mention a lot of songs and, and albums of music featured specifically on 107.5 The End, because that's where my music tastes started. Yeah. So unfortunately, I couldn't find an Oingo Boingo album that I <laughs> that I was going to put on my list. So I'm just going to generally shout out Oingo Boingo. But you already mentioned Danny Elfman. I did. I've mentioned this on the show before. But uh, my first album I ever got, was I, the, really, I got two albums at the same time for Easter one year. I got uh, Backstreet Boys Millennium. Oh, how was festive. It was my first album. And uh, the other one was Marilyn Manson Smells Like Children because the Easter Bunny's messed up. <laughs> Exactly. It was the Monty Python bunny. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, the other one was, well, I'll just play a song from that. Put your sunglasses on. Come on, Shades. So this is from That Thing You Do. Uh, it's the song, That Thing You Do. Are you being paid by That Thing You Do? Because you bring them up every other show. I love That Thing You Do so much. Like I said, it was the, the first album I got. And... I have so much fun with this song specifically, but this entire album. Um, this, Of course, the song, That Thing You Do, is written by Adam Schlesinger of uh, Fountains of Wayne fame. I love Fountains of Wayne. Of course. He didn't expect his song to be chosen. Like a bunch of people wrote songs for the movie, mm-hmm. and he just kind of did it as an exercise. And it's a banger. But the entire album, um, again, I've, I've listened to it all the way through. I'm expecting certain songs. I'm expecting, you know, the, what, what's to come next. Of course, you've got Loving You Lots and Lots, which was written by Tom Hanks. How is it? It's it's adorable. Is it a skippable track? It's it's a little skippable. No. We've uh, got uh, a Little Wild One, which is a fun song. All My Only Dreams, which is cheesy fun. Uh, Mr. Downtown, which is like the TV show theme song. Um, and then <laughs> the live version of the main title, That Thing You Do, which I always noticed as a kid because I was like, wait a minute. The drums are different in this. And it mm. blew my mind that the song could is sound the live different. version by... Fountains of Wayne, or is it by no? It's it's the just actors. within the within it's by the, the Oneaters. <laughs> oh, sure, <laughs> that's on Netters. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just within the within the context of the movie when they perform it live on TV. Okay, uh, it blew my mind as a kid that there was a different version of the same song on this CD. Um, but I, I definitely have that that personal connection with it. And my wife wanted me specifically to tell the story of when we were dating. So my dad, um, he played drums in a band. Yeah. And so we had his drum set set up. And so we went over to their house. We went over to like, oh, look, the drum set. It's all sparkly. And my wife at the time, uh, you know, budding girlfriend, she's like, can you play? I'm like, no. She's like, do it. Because I'm that kid that like, 
you know, smacked the table and all that stuff. And I would do the beat to that thing you do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like my dad is supporting this somehow and like they're, they're going for it. So, so anyway, before I know it, that thing you do is playing aloud and I'm supposed to be drumming along to it. And it was the single most embarrassing. Are moment. you sure? It was horrible because I cannot play the drums. Did you have sunglasses on. I didn't. And There's that's why. That's did why. you play the wrong drum? I mean, I did. Okay. I was like, I'm, and it's like he was already on the cymbals. I yeah. don't have the rhythm to this, and I don't know what to play and what to play. And so uh, it was, it was terribly embarrassing. But apparently, it was charming. But or she something fell in love because we're married now. Yeah. And the movie again, I've mentioned before, it's important to my wife and I. Well, we try so to watch it every year. Play that thing you do horribly. Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah, so take a note. just for note. How do you wife? Yep. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably have to Get retire this girlfriend. <laughs> I'll have to retire this. Maybe just bring it up if we ever do a Tom Hanks show. But uh, my my first album, that thing you do, which is a playtone record, and it's, it's like a record. number seven. It's Still. a record, record, record. Number seven. Okay, number seven. Now we're on to our number six. Yes, we are. What do you got, Zach? You had talked about that movie before. Um, yes, and I know I've brought up this movie before on Bacon Cell as well. But what's wrong with that? Oh, it's Ben. I'd like to know <laughs> the two of us. Cause here I go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Obi Wan, sing to me. So, Moulin Rouge, music from Baz Luhrmann's film. That's the full title of the, of the album. Did I, am I playing the wrong game? Is this just a soundtrack <laughs> show? So the other one was my. I, or, I, have, I have one more. <laughs> no, the other one was oh, Batman. Uh, hold on, I'm looking at Batman Forever details. <laughs> <laughs> I love that CD. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. No. So Moulin Rouge, music from Baz Luhrmann's film. I do like Batman. By various artists. This kind of represents my musical movie, actually movie compilation soundtracks, because I love listening to movie soundtracks. And they're all the compilations of the cool songs, like the Forrest Gump one is a fantastic one. I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now, but... This kind of represents that. Well, and this, again, you've got like scores, like you did. The Daniel Elfman yes, was like the instrumental scores, right? scores this no is words. the soundtrack. This, this is, is the soundtrack. It's still a lot more fun. Now, this one, like I do own both of these soundtracks, but this one really was one that in college I was listening to full volume, singing along full <laughs> volume. Joel's like, man. <laughs> no. How did your roommates feel about this? Oh, man, I don't know. But <laughs> I, I definitely was singing it in my room too, but in my car, in my room. I'd put on this album in almost every track from Nature Boy yeah. to Nature Boy. Um, <laughs> Nature Boy, David Bowie. And Nature Boy, Nature uh, David Boy, Boy, Massive Attack. Massive uh, Attack. But it features right. songs by Beck. And uh, I mean, Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman, of course, are singing this. It features a song by Wolfus Wainwright. Oh, Wolfus well. Wainwright. <laughs> uh, of course, Lady Marmalade. There are some songs of course. I probably should not sing out loud as a dad, but I do sometimes. Um, but I love Elephant Love Medley. I love... Your song, I, my love, my my hopeless romantic soul just poured out every did time this, this movie elevate came on. your hype for love. It totally. I feel did. like it did. It totally. Like the did. drama kid in you was so excited, and I was so bothered that they left out. They, they changed some of the songs on this album to like uh-huh. not the movie version, and they they left out like one of my favorite songs, the bolero at the end of the of the end of the movie. And so when they released number two, I grabbed that and got there too. Now, there are some definitely that would not play in front of kids. And I kind of just removed <laughs> from my Plex playlist because I'm like, I don't think we need to hear that Madonna cover right now. Yeah. Uh, but El Tango de Roxanne was one I would sing full volume. Why does my heart Love cry? it. Hindi Sad Diamonds. So many on here I love. And this, like I said, I can go on and on about this. But really, truly, this is one album that I can play start to finish and just 
relish sure. in the moment. Yeah, so. this just reminds me of driving around yeah. um, in high school, and we're like crammed into some crappy Honda Civic. Have you always been a theater kid? Screaming this. Well, and I know. <laughs> I may have told this not on, until my early twenties. <laughs> I may have told this on Bacon Simple before. If I have, I apologize. But one time, I was I was driving home from college to my parents' house. I decided to play a prank on myself, and so I got to the El Tango de Roxanne, and right before the really loud part, yeah, I turned up the volume really loud and then turned off my car. And I thought, you know, the next time I come in here, I'm going to you know turn on my car and be scared, you know, because the music's just gonna come out. It's gonna be really loud. Yeah. And so went inside, hung out with the family. And then the next morning, my dad comes inside and he's like, you are going to ruin your ears. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I went to move your car and the volume was so loud. And I was like, no, dad, no, it was a joke. I was playing on myself. <laughs> anyway, Moulin Rouge music from Baz Luhrmann's film. I'm a sucker for the movie. I'm a sucker for the soundtrack. It had to make my list. Well, I just changed my entire list. So my next soundtrack <laughs> is uh, Romeo and Juliet, uh, Baz Luhrmann movie, which has an amazing soundtrack because the cardigans are on my next, some good soundtrack. My next pick is actually from uh, The Great Gatsby by oh, Baz yeah, Luhrmann. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Mine's from Strictly yeah, Ballroom. <laughs> Will I Am is great on that. Sam for Baz Luhrmann show. <laughs> That'd be Australia, cool. anyone? Uh, mm, mm, really mm, no help. Yeah. Mm. But there actually is an artist that's on the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. little segue there. And uh, Joel, specifically in Listener, I want to know if you know what this song is. I haven't known your last one. Oh, yeah. What is it? This is Everclear. This is uh, So Much for the Afterglow. So Much for the Afterglow. Zach, does this sound familiar at all? Um, no comment. Oh, man. Because you play, hate it. I don't know it. I used to play this I, song no, I, it's not for people, familiar. and I would yeah. play this first part. They're like, oh, this is nice. I'm like, yeah, it sounds like a little Beach yep, Boys yeah, thing, right? right? Little Brian Wilson in there, yeah. and then you're like, this doesn't harmonies. really fit, but then it just builds a little bit oh yeah so Everclear and by the way I'm just going to talk over this until it gets crazy it's about to get there here it comes this is a song about Susan so many good songs with this one this was an interesting part of my life Uh, this came out in October 1997 I was 16 years old and at this point, um, I was dressing like a skater. Uh, I did not skateboard, but I was dressing like a chain wallet, all that yeah, kind of stuff. Jinker jeans. I was listening to Real Big Fish and Goldfinger exclusively. Oh. I No, at the time, those were my songs. Okay? Okay. And I made tapes all the time. We would have hung out. We would have hung out. We would have been <laughs> friends. I, just, I would have been trying to convert it's you the Goldfinger to Ska. No, well, Ska was fine, day. but Goldfinger. And uh, oh, anyways. I was seven. <laughs> we would have not been friends <laughs> just letting you know now anyways and i knew the album from everclear sparkle and fade yeah. which was their big one that's their second one and truthfully hit and miss on the tracks on sparkle and fade. i agree but some amazing tracks the, as well aren't those the only two options hit, yeah. hit and miss <laughs> well, there's the <laughs> middle of the that's, road that's a fun phrase right <laughs> so i went to blockbuster music mm-hmm. remember that at the in time Layton? in blockbuster Layton? music yeah. yes you didn't whoa zach you don't know about zach. blockbuster music huh You'd go in and you'd be like, oh, every new album is $11.99. Was it a separate store? Yeah. Yeah. I only remember it was a rental. It was was just basically a Graywell or any music store. But you could walk into any CD and take it up to the front and they'd let you listen to it. So when you're a teenager, back in the day, super cheap. You, you couldn't could, you couldn't just listen to music on demand. Yeah. You had to listen to it was on the radio unless you went to Blockbuster Music and chose an album. So, so I cool. saw Everclear and I was like, you know what? Everclear is so popular. There was like everything to everyone or father of mine was really popular so at that good. time. And I was like, overplayed. I am a overplayed. It's so good. I'm a punk. I listen to a punk and ska music of the 90s. This is super lame. But I'm like, it's also $12. And you know what? 
I'll just buy it. I kind of like Sparkle and Fade, and I, I bought this, and I, all of a sudden I'm like, well, this is really dry. This is Everclear going pop, but man, every single track is yeah. great. What, what other tracks are on so much for the Everclear? I can't remember. So right I now. Will Buy You a New Life. Great. Amphetamine, which I really like. Father oh, Mine. Um, yep. I know two of these songs. Yeah. I've heard them. Yeah. <laughs> but it also taught me that, like, Art Alexis, who's the lead singer of Everclear, Along with Cake, it taught me that I didn't need to have a good voice to be a lead singer in no, a band. No, you just say, yeah. Uh. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I listened to my punk rock, and I love them. I didn't choose any of those albums, though, for this list because they haven't lasted. I went back and listened to this one, and I'm like, still great. Yeah. Still absolutely great from start to finish. Yeah. So that's Everclear. So much for the Afterglow. Definitely made it on Joy's Favorites. Yeah. Just mention that. Wow. That's that's cool. <laughs> Is it cool? Zach? I know two of those songs. I do feel good about that. Father of mine. All right. So my next uh, album. So my, my first album came out in 1996, and then I make a 12 year jump to my next album. However, I do have to shout out in the middle there. Um, I I did not include Rush's Moving Pictures. But around in this time, this is where I discovered it. Um, however, because we did an entire episode of Bacon Sale about Rush, I opted to not discuss that album. But Fair. Really, I should be talking about Rush's moving pictures. However, so many honorable mentions you're sneaking in. Uh, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. Sneaky honorable mentions. I'm not going to do one every Tricksy single little, oh, every single time. No. However, this is really representative of high school Zach, high school hipster Zach. So let me tell you, let me tell you a story. One day, old man Zach's here. I was a sophomore year of high school, and I wasn't feeling so well, and so I stayed home one day, and I was just watching whatever was on TV, and I happened. To He's flip- grown young again. I'm, well, I'm young. I happened to flip over to the channel Fuse. You remember this? Yeah. It was like an attempt yeah, to yeah, be yeah. like, hey, remember how MTV used to play? I, mean, I watched the box, but and now they don't. Um, the box Canadian? didn't exist when I was. Because um, it was already dead? Was already Is that what you're saying? Just like blockbuster music? Yes. Rude. Um, so I had Fuse, and they're like, hey, we're going to play music videos. I'm like, nice. And so I see Panic at the Disco has a, has a music video out. And I'm like... Rest in peace. That's... that. Thank goodness. They just broke up. <laughs> One person, One just, person broke up. just broke up with himself. <laughs> yeah. Little prank on himself. <laughs> yeah. So I see I see Panic at the Disco and their uh, initial album, and it's this vaudevillian thing, and it's so crazy. It's that I Write Since Not Tragedies video. Yeah. It wins music video of the year, yada, yada. I had that album. I listened to it a whole bunch. And then I eagerly anticipated their follow-up. And what they gave us was... Well, let's just say it didn't make people happy. This is so crazy. I chimed in. I don't know this. Things are shaping up to be pretty. I know that boy. So, after all of this, kind of this craziness, this emo pop whatever punk thing, they're like, you know what we should do for our follow-up album? Um, let's go ahead and rip off the Beatles, uh, the Beach Boys. Let's go full-blown 60s with it. Uh, and You keep acting like you're downplaying this, but this is your number six pick. It is, this is, it's a far better album than the first one. This is so pretty.odd. This, it was super controversial, and I loved it. Nine in the Afternoon. Oh, nine in the Afternoon. Lisa. That's why I know it. I was going to say, I know that album name. Mm-hmm. It's because Nine in the Afternoon. Is, is the most popular track. Which doesn't make sense because Nine can never be it in the afternoon. Because you're sleeping. Yeah. They just say it's nine after. The first track is called We're So Starving. And it's literally like, you've been waiting a long time, but we've been writing songs for you. It's really indulgent. But it has other. Brandon Yuri, indulgent. Right? Well, what? And the, so, so with a little background here, the reason I like this album is because I, as far as I'm aware, Brendan Yuri. Uh, who is the lead singer, has had the least involvement in songwriting. They actually made fun of him, saying, whenever you write songs, they sound like musical theater. So you can have two. 
and he, he has two tracks on and this. He's the, oh, no and wonder they, he's just by himself. And they sound like musical theater. Yeah. The other songs were written by a man named Ryan Ross. He played guitar, and he did sing on a couple of tracks on here. And he was obsessed with the 60s. And so he wanted to push it toward that sound. After this album, he left the band, and they went back to being more what they were for you extra. Know, yeah, they, they, went, theater. they went back to this whole, you know, vaudevillian, whatever um, that he, honestly he was. And I never liked as much as this album. It's it is not representative of the band so much. So they literally changed the name. They dropped. So it's always panic at the disco. This is literally panic at the disco. Uh, mild alarm. No exclamation. They, point. Mild they, alarm. At they, the disco. they drop the exclamation point. It's just mm-hmm. all one, one phrase. There's a, a track called Pas de Cheval that I really like. There's uh, The last track is called Mad as Rabbits. Uh, that was really fun because when I saw it live in concert, they all switched instruments hmm. and played the song. They did play it on the Honda Civic Tour that I got to see live. And it was like I was expecting some theatrical thing. And they came out with uh, rugs and no shoes and flowers everywhere. Oh, that was Dave Matthews. Band. It, it, was, it, really, it was a hippie, <laughs> Dave Matthews-y, whatever. Um, so this is, it's a strange album, but I, I know it all the way through. Um, it, it For me, I didn't skip anything just because, I don't know, I was in high school. I'm just going to listen to it all sure. the way through. Pretty Odd by Panic at I the Disco. I that a listen. It, it's got a lot of different things. You might like a few. Yeah. Joel, what is your number five? Well, it's funny you should mention musical theater. Oh, Zach. no. Oh, I'll get there. Joel, this isn't a movie. Joel, this isn't a movie. Joel. This is the Phantom of the Opera 1986 original London cast CD. It came out in 1987 featuring Michael Crawford and Sarah Brightman. The dream cast, as it were, of Phantom of the Opera. Who now, are you? This, no, this honestly, this represents my love of show tunes and could have easily been Les Mis or, or Joseph and the Amazing Technical Dreamcoat or, or Sweeney Todd. Sure. Could have been any of those. But this is the one that I will put on. We had a whole show, Kent, about Les Mis versus yeah, we Phantom. Did. And this is definitely one that I can put on and just listen to. In fact, the length of this album I have listed here as one Sunday nap. Because <laughs> I would literally, we'd put on either Les Mis or Phantom on Sundays and just nap after church. Wow. And that's what we'd listen to. And I absolutely love this album. And from beginning, uh, I can I can quote almost the entire thing and enjoy listening to it. And, you know, I usually fall asleep in the middle. So I always wake up around the second act starts. But this is a fantastic album. It, it is one of the best selling. Oh, what did they say? It was one of the best selling uh, show tunes. I can't think of the word anymore in ever because they released this and people loved it. Between the two of you, I feel like you're the stage crew of Bacon Cell right now. <laughs> I I, yeah. I I I mean admit it right. Yeah. I, ha- I have a cast album on mine as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean Zach, you're wearing like the black eyeliner. Joel's wearing a cloak, <laughs> like right get, a, a, a cloak to his butt. It's Kent. a short cloak. Yeah, but you're over there wearing a beret <laughs> with your hipster pics over there because <laughs> yeah, Everclear's hipster. No, not as much. No, but uh, I am. I'm. I'll get into more albumy, straightforward music. Sure, before. you will. But uh, you guys cut it down to seven. And I had to get how these many more show, there tune, show tunes could you've added? Yeah, you'll be surprised what I cut. <laughs> I'm, I'm very sad about it, by the way. But yes, fan of the opera. This is the version. Every other version I've heard doesn't sound right to me. Do you not like Gerard Butler? No, <laughs> no. In fact, my wife, my wife had the the soundtrack album to the movie, and. When I say when I when I told the, the Amazon Echo to play Phantom of the Opera, it would play that one. Yeah. And I would get so mad that I'd have to always say, play Phantom of the Opera original London cast to get the right one in there. So thank you, Andrew Lloyd Webber, for helping me grow this love. And here's the weird thing too, is this was one that was very much driven by my sister. 
she was the one who kind of introduced me to how cool this could be. And they went to go see it in San Francisco, I think it was. Yeah. And and I really gained a love for musical theater due to her showing me this album, Phantom of the Opera. So, that's so you big... brought some class. I'm going to bring some trash real quick because that's what it. I do. Nice. I got back from an LDS mission in 2002. And just to put you in the shoes of someone that comes back after two years. Those shoes are worn out. Right. And they want to experience popular media. Yes. And anything you devour at that point is gold. <laughs> like it just is like, wow, have things always been this good? <laughs> it's like eating a really good meal after you've been eating like fast food for a long time. Yeah. And so the first CD I bought had this song. Kelly Clarkson? It's Kelly Clarkson. Here we go. Standing in line oh, okay. To see the show yep. So by the way, by the Red Hot Chili Peppers is my number five. That's the album name. Yes. By the, uh, by the way, in the track is also By The Way. And you know, I heard Californication uh, two years previous, like right before I left on my mission. And obviously, I had One Hot Minute, Blood Sugar, uh, Magic. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew those, and I was like, yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers is really not for me. Californication, or is there a better way to say that? Um, no. No, there's just not. Uh, I was like, yeah, that's enjoyable, really radio friendly. But I got by the way, and I I love this album. Immediately took to it. And Red Hot Chili Peppers was not really a band of choice, but I every song on here, whether it's like Can't Stop, which mm -hmm. is just a fun song, Forever, Venice Queen ends the ends the album in such an amazing way. I love final tracks that are like anywhere from six to eight minutes. Like, they always feel epic to me. Mm -hmm. And truly, I feel like the 2000s were so good for the Red Hot Chili Peppers with California Creation, this and Stadium Arcadium. I feel like that's the decade kind of where I think they peaked mm -hmm. and kind of ended for me as well. Uh, but I truly still love, by the way, uh, this album sold 8 million copies. This is their eighth album. Probably wouldn't be seen as their best, but personally, favorite. Well, that's, a, that's the funny thing. I, I wouldn't expect this on a list of, like, favorite albums ever because they have... Those so other many. Ones, those are the ones that you mentioned that were so yeah. more popular. So once again, you're going a little hipster, even yeah. though you're going mainstream. Ken. And so this is July 2002, but yeah. very instrumental for me in coming back and being like, wow, music is so incredible. Have you yeah. guys heard music? And I, def <laughs> I definitely went through a Red Hot Chili Peppers phase for a while there. I, I might get back into them again. They were fun for a time. Yeah. Maybe I should. Maybe Sp I should give them Specific a songs and albums. Yes. Yeah. And Zach, you're number five. Uh, mine is actually... Um, just my high school choir singing. Because, <laughs> I'm no, so mad at you guys. No. <laughs> oh, Joel has that album. It's his number three. <laughs> it is. <laughs> no, mine uh, moves on. So I'm, I'm uh, my timeline now. I'm I'm post high school. Uh, just getting into college. You're going what, in chronological order. What, yes. What I year am. is this? So this is uh, the album came out in 2009. So this it's uh, post. I, was I graduated. In in yeah, you were. I graduated in 2008. So I. Was I <laughs> I discovered a band while I was in high school, a little little band called Muse, and they mm, they I've always said Muse. Them. Yeah, and I I remember because in two thousand eight there was a movie that came out called Twilight, and there was a song in there uh, on on that. Listen, you're approaching this like with vulnerability. It's a great scene because of that song. There's this scene, and it's like this is a what good scene, scene? because. The song "Supermassive Black Hole." Oh, the, the baseball, baseball scene. scene. Okay, is is during the baseball. I, I'm scene. sorry, I don't know it that well as you two. Yeah, yeah, oh, we true. defended it. We, we we did. And so I was like, "Hey, that's from that Muse band," but I didn't really know them, and I I didn't have any of their albums yet. And so I, I went back and I looked, and I got uh, they had had uh, 
three or four albums at that point. Anyway, so I, I started listening to some of their stuff and I thought, oh, this is really cool. Then September, sorry, uh, 14 September 2009, because they're English, um, <laughs> they released, well, I'll, I'll start playing my track here. They released an album called The Resistance. Now here's the thing. Nobody's going to call this their best album. It's mid. However, it's not mid. It's great. Th- it's good. But this, it's great. This one was the first one that I got to experience, like, in time with everyone else. Right? I was uh, eagerly anticipating the release of this album because, uh, you know, I, I had figured out the band by then. Um, but it has a sort of movement to it. You know, this is one of those albums that I feel it rewards you for listening through. Oh yeah, and. Each of Muse's albums need to be listened they, all the way they through. They do, they do. And for a long time, Muse has been considered, you know, Kroger brand Radiohead. Whoa! <laughs> they, Controversial take. They Woolworths, been, maybe. This is England. <laughs> yes. They have been an, an offshoot of Radiohead or Radiohead adjacent. And I think, especially by this time, it's like, we're going to infuse classical music even more so than we have in the past. And so they actually go through, and in the album, uh, the, the last few tracks, Kent, you kind of talked about rewarding end tracks. Yes. This album does it better than than most. Um, the last three tracks are called Exogenesis Symphony Part 1, 2, and 3. And it's a three-part movement symphony, and they're not super long. It's only like four, four minutes, uh, three minutes, and four minutes, pretty much. But they are sort of symphonic rock opera type songs that are really interesting but there are two other songs on this album that interlude with classical music um, one from Chopin and one from Camille Saint-Saëns like like they just go into we're going to play classical music now and it's it's so super weird but then also they had a couple of their biggest radio hits with the song Uprising which you'd know yeah, yeah. and then Resistance like these are two of their biggest radio hits, but the rest of the album gets weird in a cool way, and so I—it's uh, a great choice. I put this—it's a hipster muse choice. Yeah, but it's it, great. I, I I've played this through, and I, in order to choose my muse album, because I had to have one, and I couldn't decide between three, I just put it on, I, and I went thumbs up, no skip, thumbs up. No I'm skip. just proud of you. You didn't choose Absolution, which is a great album as well, but it would be everyone's go-to. I I. I was going to. And we can't have that. It was if everyone likes something, we can't like it, guys. <laughs> so I will say. So says the Kent. <laughs> I just showed shows Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't have a leg to stand on. A hipster man of Red Hot. Uh, a hipster album of Red Hot Chili Peppers. Muse, The Resistance. Great choice. Joel? I already know Kent's going to hate my next pick, but that's okay, because this is for me, not for him. So <laughs> I'm sorry in advance. The year was the early 90s. I, I don't know exactly if when it was <laughs> around, the it was around the time, but my sister said, "Hey, I want to show you this really cool song," and I'm like, "Okay," and she goes, "But I'm not going to tell you who it's by. Why not? I don't want to. Why not? It's not appropriate. What?" So I listen to the song. I'm like, "That's great. Who is it by?" She's like, "I'm not going to tell you." And then finally, I did end up sneaking into a room and finding the album and figuring out it was this. Oh, there we go. Bigger naked lady. Exactly. It's inappropriate. <laughs> we call them BNL around here. Uh, no, but this is the album Gordon by Bare Naked Ladies. It came out in 1992. And this is their debut studio album. They had kind of an independent album before, mm-hmm. and it was popular enough. Shout out to the song Grade 9, which plays Rush for a hot second. There. I was going to mention that because yep. you have you start off with Hello City, which is this fun little ditty. And then Enid is a little heavier. And then Grade mm-hmm. 9, get that Rush shout out. And Brian Wilson... Uh, it was one of those songs that I went, I need to know more about Brian Wilson. Right. Yeah. Then my Yoko Ono is hilarious. And so I, I start listening to this whole album and I start realizing these guys are, number one, funny. 
and I, I like novelty music, obviously. Yeah. Um, but also they have very talented things going on here. Like the, the harmonies are good. They have good, you know, they're playing these instruments very well. And as I got to the entire thing, all the way through the end track, and then even into the hidden track, I was like, I really like this album. And it did make Bare Naked Ladies kind of one of my favorite bands for a while, where I was I was buying their albums. So this kind of kicked that off. Uh, Joel's a great choice. You I don't hate, hate this at all. No, you I like hate the Bare, Bare Naked Ladies. I like BNL. No, you mm-hmm. don't. I specifically had to you say that. You don't because they... Okay, no, I look, look, you. Did the box wrote, ruin me on one week? Yeah, it absolutely did. Well, one week okay. definitely catapulted them but to like, stardom. It is now like post-overplayed, right? I actually appreciate their work. Yeah. Can I say that without you? You can, but also they wrote the theme for the Big Bang Theory, and I know you know that. I don't know. But, but there's no, an truly? opportunity to be a hipster here because you can yeah. say, I liked BNL when Stephen Page was around because he... Left, he was well, kicked this, out of the band. This album had problems. even other band members who yeah. who left after the before the next album. Right. So this was one that I I highly enjoy, start to finish. I can listen to it, and there's like a sleeper one here or there. But sure. overall, listen to Gordon. It's actually a really really good album. So I will. Good choice. I'm sure you will. I will. You don't even like Canadians. <laughs> one bad experience. That's all. <laughs> True story. Uh, you can't say that. I I can. I went. I lived it. What's your next one, Kent? The year was 1997. <laughs> what was that? This is my this old man Kent. This old He's, man Kent. He, he lives, lives on a ranch. Kent, <laughs> Kent's greatest year in America was, was 1997. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> he did. He, this Kent had never even seen The Matrix. It hadn't come out. <laughs> oh man, his favorite movie was Austin Powers: International Man of Mystery. It's Soul Bossa Nova, isn't it? That's your favorite. The Soul Bossa Nova. <laughs> Actually, the soundtrack of that is pretty good. It, it is, is good. good. So that is my number four choice. No, <laughs> it's the movie soundtrack. So at this point, because uh, much like everyone, because uh, I, I always wanted to be a punk, I always want to like angry music, and so Nirvana. For the early 90s, early to mid 90s, it was everything I listened to. Nevermind was very close to making one of my lists. So uh, Unplugged yeah. in New York, I'm going to throw out an honorable mention, was the first album Great. I ever owned. Great. Oh. And it almost made it because I love everything about it. I learned every one of those songs on guitar because they're so easy to play. I didn't know you played guitar. Just those songs. Oh. Plateau? I mean, super easy. Anyways. Um, Kurt Cobain barely plays guitar. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> But by 1997, I was kind of over Nirvana because there was nothing new. There was uh, from the muddy banks of Wishka, mm-hmm. and there was really nothing there. And so I'm like, well, there is a band from the ugliest member of Nirvana, that, uh, that dude with a weird face. And so the Foo Fighters had come out with their self-titled album, and I avoided I, it. That's debatable, by the way. What's that? Ugliest. Really? Hey, they're not a good-looking band. <laughs> Kurt Cobain, his eyes were so beautiful. You couldn't see him. He's handsome. He, he's really handsome. But yeah, Chris Novelsic, mm. he was tall. Save it for our Nirvana band, <laughs> band member. Man, man crush Nirvana. <laughs> but I avoided the Foo Fighters first album because I'm like, oh, this guy just wants to play a Nirvana type song. He's trying to coast on the career of Nirvana. I was kind of mad. But then I heard the color and the shape. And I chose kind of a, a strange song, but it's, for me, one of my favorite songs on the album. Just want to get put on the playlist in Spotify? Absolutely. So it's kind of hard, though, because this album is perfection. There is not a bad track here. And so the, some of the more popular ones on this album is Monkey Wrench, My Hero, I love Everlong. I lo- oh, man. I, oh. 
So good. I hate Monkey Wrench. What? It's a great okay. song. No, I get because Guitar Hero. Because of Guitar Hero, yeah. specifically Guitar Hero Mobile on the Nintendo DS. I played it. Yeah. I, I couldn't figure it out. Uh, uh, yeah. No, I hear it's, you. it's a great song. And my Hero. Man, there's so many. That's uh, a good album. My that's favorite tracks album. are Up in Arms, February Stars, and that song, uh, New Way Home. Like I said, I could not resist. I, like, I didn't want to like Dave Grohl, but then I was like, wow, every single song is so good. I didn't want to like this band for years. It's, what it feels, changed your mind? I don't. I don't. I, the I guess I just episode when you kept pushing them forward. Yeah, truly. <laughs> I guess I just eventually submitted, but it always felt like oh, they're trying to do Nirvana, but hopeful. Well, like, their <laughs> their first album, uh, Dave Grohl actually said he's like, I was making nonsense lyrics. I was just trying to like rock out or songs like Big Me. He's like, I wasn't taking very seriously. Right. And he's like, with the color and the shape, I decided to actually write lyrics that meant something to me. Mm-hmm. And so they're half of this album are just really beautiful songs, like February Stars, for example. And then other other ones are well Everlong, which is like a, a rock epic at this yeah, point. Amazing. That is an amazing song. This is still Foo Fighters' best album. They've come up with I don't know eight albums since then, and I because of this album, because of my love for the Foo Fighters, I buy every single album physically. That said, there is declining returns. Yeah, sure. On recent ones, but still, Foo Fighters. This album could be my number one for pure flaw- flawless quality, but still, it's my number four for favorite. It's really good. It's a good choice. All right. My uh, my next CD, little preface here. Your number four. My number four. By now in my life, as we're going on Zach's life journey, this is the year 2010. And Zach gets his first big boy car. I got a Honda Accord that had a six-disc changer, don't you know? Ooh. And I felt compelled to fill this. <laughs> and I was like, do I even own six CDs? And the answer was, no, I only had four. And so I was constantly... Not even burn CDs at this point? Well, I had a couple burn CDs. Of course yeah. you did. And so I was like, okay, I need to be on the lookout for something that's going to come out that I want to listen to. Enter in Top Gun Maverick director Joseph Kaczynski and oh. his brilliant... Tron Legacy Films with the score, of course, by Daft Punk. Anyone else feeling derezzed right now? (laughs) Oh, Oh, you thought the beat was going to drop there, but didn't. didn't. So I was like, Daft Punk is doing a movie score? Okay, I got to check this out. And I'd heard the track. This is the track derezzed. This was like the single had come out. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I started listening to other stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Like anything I could find. And finally, the album came out uh, in December of 2010. And of course, I had to purchase it, immediately put it in. And it never left the six disc changer of Honestly. my car as long as I owned it. Because it was always... It's still in there today, it, some <laughs> say. <laughs> yeah, some, some say. It was uh, just a go-to. Specifically, um, at that time in my life, I was driving a lot at night. Perfect was, driving music. I was going to, to college. No, um, terrible driving music. Do you know how fast you drive when you listen <laughs> yeah, to the res? Awesome. Well, hold on. I would have to drive from Orem to West Valley. It's like 45 minutes. And so I put, would put this on, and I would just kind of zone out. Um, I got a ticket. I of course a, you did. I got a ticket. But did you explain that you were to listening this. to the Tron oh, Legacy um, soundtrack? Excuse me, I'm listening to Daft Punk's Tron Legacy soundtrack. I would have let you go if it was the Batman Begins soundtrack, <laughs> but no. Yeah, between this and uh, the uh, previously mentioned Muse album, uh, Black Holes and Revelations, mm-hmm. I, I also got a ticket to that as well. Makes uh, sense. But Listen to slower music when you drive, Zach. I should. Well, I do now. But uh, it, again, just Daft Punk coming together, and they, again, were known for like, this electronic music kind of doing there were masters of remixing and sampling and all of these things. And so they're like, okay, obviously they're going to go and do their thing for the movie score. And they 
show up and say, yeah, we're going to do electronic music, but we also want an 85-piece orchestra for this as well. And so it has this swelling orchestral stuff that you expect out of a movie score with the Daft Punk flair. And it's it's world building in an album. It, it is. It and is. I uh, love it. If I may give a, a, a PSA here. Yeah, go on. While listening to this album, listener, you may feel the urge to watch the movie again. No, no need to. The, the, just, watch, <laughs> just listen to the soundtrack. The soundtrack. Not moments. The soundtrack. The moment. soundtrack <laughs> far surpasses the watch, movie. Watch the clips of the light bike race on YouTube. Listen, and then, peak Olivia Wilde. And then sure. when they're actually doing the uh, bikes. Yeah, yeah and cool. just like maybe squint your eyes when uh, when CGI Jeff. That's a little unsettling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's on the screen. Okay, um, but yeah, yeah, uh, Tron Legacy. Um, it's again my mood setting, driving at night. Beautiful soundtrack. Give it a listen if you haven't. Great pick. There we go, Joel. Your number. What are we on now? We're on our three. Our top three. We're into our top three, and this one. Um, well, we've talked about it before. Why not talk about it again? Uh-oh. My name is Jonas. Now, we did an entire episode, episode 194, the blue episode about Weezer. Yes, we did. The blue album. Uh, but this is such a great album. Start to finish. It's only 41 minutes long. It's a short album. Yeah. Ten tracks. But from My Name is Jonas at the beginning, as soon as that would come on, I, I'm brought back to that early 90s time when I was when I was in my formative musical years. Totally. And this is where I started branching out from all what my siblings had Were you me. a grunge fan? Yes. Okay, because this one kind of turned the tables a little bit, I think, from the grunge. It's yeah. like, and this is for everybody else if you don't want to rock out. I, I, this, but this is kind of that time when I was nerd like, rock. Yeah. I was finding my own way okay. in music. And from and no one else is one of those deeper which, tracks. Which song was was it? Sweater song or Buddy Holly that grabbed your attention first? Uh, Sweater song, I think, was the reason I, I borrowed it. Buddy okay. Holly, I absolutely love. We talked about all this on the on the episode. Uh, X ninety six. <laughs> but this really Zach is has no like, idea what X ninety six is. It's uh, it's Weezer's best selling album. <laughs> three point three million copies sold in the U S. alone, and over fifteen million copies worldwide. Uh, Rolling Stone named it on number two ninety four on its list of five hundred greatest albums of all time. But yes, if you want to know more about this one, I'm not going to talk a lot about it here. It's a fantastic album by Weezer. Weezer's best album. And After Pinkerton. No. Weezer's best album. Mm-hmm. And episode 194 of Bake It Sell. Go listen to that if you want to hear the full thing. Although you can't hear it on YouTube because, <laughs> yeah, that one got blocked because we yeah. played the entire album. Joel, that is the one I was waiting for you to oh, talk about. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was yeah. the one. Okay. Because I was like, oh, you know what? I love both Pinkerton and the Blue I album. I thought it was going to be Enya, Paint the Skies with Stars. Well, yeah. Actually, no, I like the previous one. That's the compilation one. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I know. Because really, what happened... Watermark is good. <laughs> what happened was that they released the Blue Album and everybody loved it. And then they released Pinkerton and nobody loved it. And then they released the Green Album and everyone went, well, actually, Pinkerton's not so bad. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Green Weez- Album has good tracks. And then Weezer was irrelevant for the rest of their career. No. Um, hey, hey. They came back for a little bit. They came back for a little when? bit. When? The White Album and everything will be okay in the end. Okay, okay. okay. Good pick. We, we, we knew it would be there. We hoped it would be there. Yes. So that's that's wonderful. Kent, just make fun of me already. Celine Dion, Celine Dion, Celine Dion. This is Sukhan. This is Sukhan. Yeah. Yay. You just, you want to see it there. I think among the hosts on this show, 
they talk about surfboard Stevens more than <laughs> I do. I barely say anything. They're like, oh, you know, surf that, well, that Sloppy good, Stevens. That was a good comeback, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's how you guys said. You know, it's like the guy you like. <laughs> he wears sunglasses. <laughs> Sufjan does? Sometimes. Sometimes. So, Sufjan, so tell us more about Skarsgård Stevens. Oh, see? Actually, he'd be a tier one Skarsgård. <laughs> Musically. Looks wise. Alexander but anyway so this was released July 2005 this is his fifth album he did a lot what's of what's it called again you said? Uh, this is called the whole title is called come on feel the Illinois but you just call it Illinois for short like wow. feel the Illinois because it's noise come on feel the Illinois so this is a weird album there's a lot of like bumper tracks that are maybe about 40 seconds that build into the next song so it's not a totally like I, I do skip stuff when I listen to this but what happened here, it was, I think, 2005, 2006. I was going on a road trip with a buddy, and we were driving at night. Because this, this was the time I wasn't... I w- flew past you. Right. Listening to his Tron soundtrack. No, because he was like eight. I was still somehow He was on his BMX. Oh, he's just freaking sweet. You doing that thing. Is that what you're listening to when you're on the bike? Yeah. On your disc, man? Yeah. BMX and Tom Hanks movies. So I wasn't married yet. A lot of my buddies weren't either, and so they were going through a lot of breakups at this time. I think I was as well. And so whenever one of us would deal with a breakup, we would do a a day-long or like an overnight road trip to Las Vegas. Oh, wow. And yeah, just kind of like, let's go stay at Circus Circus. Yeah. And then... That's um, the way to get over a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Almost get murdered. Still cigarette smoke. And and don't look at the ground when you're walking the street. No, no. Wear sandals. And so we do that, but it was mostly like an excuse to listen to music and vent and just go for the ride because I love road trips. And so I was driving at night. And my buddy's like, yeah, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm like, do you have anything for me to listen to? Any homework or whatever? And he goes, this one's really quirky. I feel like it's up your alley. Give it a chance. Just listen to the whole album. And so he put on Sufjan Stevens, Illinois. And like I said, it was night driving. It's so strange that I just fell in love. And I don't know what it was. I think it was a timing thing or whatever. But I totally appreciate it. And this is this whole album is dedicated to research he did about the state of Illinois, the history of Illinois. Mm -hmm. That is so weird. It's so weird. And so, you know, Chicago was a song I played. Uh, I love that. That is probably his most recognizable one. He did a song about Superman. He did a song about John Wayne Gacy Jr., which is a startlingly beautiful track but super depressing as well. It honestly is a really good track. But the whole thing is about the history. And I fell in love with the quirkiness of this guy. And I was like, oh, man, if he does a CD for every state, because he did Michigan before this and then Illinois, I'm like, can't wait till he does Utah. (laughs) Oh, this is going to be so good. Obviously, he stopped there. And then he just kept doing weird music. And I don't really listen to him as an artist anymore. But this album still keeps coming back in my playlist. Yeah, I, I wish I could. I have a hard time with surfing on Stevens, Kent. I get it. No, and ever since you hijacked our Christmas playlist with his forty-track album, I apologize, and I should have fixed that. But I'm only choosing two tracks here. Yeah, and they're only going to be twenty-five minutes each. It's fine. (laughs) But what I like about him is he's so quirky. And he's uh, back then he was like he threw in like uh, subtle Christian rock tracks into his music as well, and it's pretty fun. But I think we all knew Kent was going to pick Soup Pan Stevens, and so (laughs) let's just go with that. You know, it's like the guy that super. Sunglasses. Good comeback. <laughs> Zach, what's All your right. number three? My next choice. Uh, Joel, so you did uh, you did a soundtrack. Yes. You did a movie score. Yes. For every single choice. And you did... Musical a, theater. A, a musical theater. Show two. So, so I followed a similar pattern. 
This this is my musical. So Kent didn't get preface. This is my musical theater choice. I have to have one here. So it's 2011 now. Zach's watching the Today Show. (laughs) Why? And on the Today Show on Fridays. Because they're in he was New sick. York, he don't was home you from know? Elementary school. Mark Povich wasn't on yet. <laughs> Price is Right just got you over. You are the father. Uh, so I uh, watching the Today Show on Fridays. They would have like some current running Broadway show or something that's about to go come onto the the stage at Rockefeller and, and perform. And so I I hear now starring Daniel Radcliffe. I'm like, what in a musical? I have to see this. So Daniel Radcliffe is performing. He's the lead in the show called How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. Mm-hmm. And I see the performance and I'm like, wow, that was pretty fun. And I recognize the song and I'm like, why well, have I heard this song before? So I look into it. And I'm like, oh, I've, I've listened to songs from this show. And I find out that this How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, which I'll, I'll play the track, which was Brotherhood of Man. Remember, mediocrity is not a mortal sin. I found out previously that it was performed by Matthew Broderick in 1995. Yes. I, I had listened to this before. And I'm like, wait, Ferris Bueller was in a musical. I have to check it out. And so uh, I started looking into the show and listening to this specific, the, the 1995 cast album, which also had Megan Mullally on it. Whoa. Um, yeah, she could be in musical theater. Kind of strange. She was, she was singing. Um, but it's a show that actually originally came out in 1961. So I started going back and listening to that version as well. And uh, with Do you have a favorite? Starring Robert Morse. I, because of it's the one I delved into first, uh, it's the 1995 version. Okay. Matthew Broderick. And then uh, shortly after, uh, the, maybe a couple months later, they released the Daniel Radcliffe version. And it's got great orchestration, mm-hmm. but Daniel Radcliffe can't sing. Oh, okay. He's really uh, quite bad. Did you see Weird, the Al Yankovic story? He sang <laughs> he amazing sang, in he that. He just like Weird Al. <laughs> it was spot on. It's crazy. <laughs> but the orchestration is really good because it's jazzy. However, this version is just so fun. Uh, Matthew Broderick, obviously, really great in The Producers. He's really great here in How to Succeed. It's a fun musical. about. It's a satire about the business world. But I've listened to it many times, so much so that I started to see myself in one of the characters, and then I did get the opportunity to play that character at one really? point. Really? Nice. Um, That's so, a dream come true. Yeah, so I, I got to play a role uh, that I was like, well, I might be pretty good at that. And I have to say, I think I was pretty good at it. Because you practiced for years? Kind of. Sure. Um, so, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, starring Matthew Broderick. All right. Love it. Joel? So uh, here's the weird thing. Your second it's, favorite. Uh, this is number two. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to pull a Kent here because this is more of a hipster pick. And what, what? I don't think we've ever talked about it. Will them. we know it? I, th- I hope so. I hope you at least recognize what it is. Okay. But I don't think we talked about him on Bacon Cell before. So this is this may be a first. Oh, yeah. So this, so this is the question. What, what album is this one? This is Jazz. Greatest Hits album. You did the Greatest Hits. The Greatest Hits okay. album, and I'm not using this as a cop-out because... A cheat. A cheat. It's not a cheat exactly because okay. I'm not taking songs I loved and putting them on one album. No, this, this is this literally... Is truthfully... I am the cliche of, what's that song in Wayne's World? That's by the same guys who do We Will Rock You and We Are the Champions. Yeah. And then we had that, uh, the the red, the, the purplish red kind of maroon As a uh-huh. family, you had the, the CD. Crest. Yes. Yeah. And this was the album, like you mentioned before, knowing what track comes next. Yeah. Totally. When I hear, when I hear, for example, uh, this this one starts with uh, starts with "We Will Rock You." Yes, the American version we are, does. We are champions, and then it moves into another one bites the dust. Yes, and then I, I know. <laughs> then when, bicycle. <laughs> when, no, when another one bites the dust ends, I'm expecting Killer Queen to happen. Killer yep. Queen, and then it goes into somebody to love. 
and then some, bicycle like, race. These, uh, no, fat bottom girls. Then, Dang then it. some, then somebody love. Way to go, Zach. I have the track list in front of me. I'm cheating. No, but no, this this came out in 1981, but then it was re released in 1992. Mm-hmm. And what the, it was interesting because they don't have like one universal cover or one universal track list. They modified the track list depending on what was the big hits in the countries they were releasing it in. Really? Which was really smart. Hmm. Although this one does not have Bohemian Rhapsody on it, which was one of the things I'm like, well, Rude. where's that song Super that, odd. Yeah. that came on the second one? But you can hear the silver one? all about this, the blue one. The blue, the blue I one. I believe so, with the Stone Cold Crazy. So was this like a road trip album? Yes. Or like, was, was it like a tape? Or this, is this, this was a CD? A, this is a CD. This is okay. definitely a CD that I had. And we'd listen to it nonstop all the time. And and I loved at the end when I Want to Break Free came on. It really was kind of that finale song for yeah. me. And, you know, just, we always laughed at when Body Language came on. Body Language. Song. That's the worst. worst. That is the most skippable track on here for sure. But we thought it was hilarious. So we would dance to it and <laughs> sing to it. <laughs> me and my buddies. But we talked very much at length at Queen on episode, Bake and Sell episode 306, Queen Will Rock You. I highly recommend listening to that if you want to hear more about the songs. But this really is my Queen experience was this yeah. Greatest Hits album to the point where when I listen to other albums with the songs, I'm like, that doesn't belong there. Right. Yeah. That doesn't come next. Well, I think this, it's a good choice, Joel, because truthfully, I think so many people, this is their Queen album. This right? is. It's, it, this one is up there with, you know, you got what? Eagles Greatest Hits. Yes. And uh, like ABBA Gold. Yeah. Like it's, it's Weird Al Volume 1. Weird Al Volume <laughs> 1. It's like, this is their Queen album. So, yeah. you know, you can go back and find these songs, but you'll always be like, oh, it doesn't have... So I should reserve like, my judgment. Is that what we're saying? I'm, I'm saying of, I didn't use this as a cheat. This was the album I yeah. listened to. Yeah, no, I get it. the I get greatest it. hits and compilations, I mean, that I feel like that has to be there. Yeah. Good choice, Joel. It's a good choice. Kent, thank you. Number thank two? You. So the year was 2003. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I'm not so old anymore, not living in <laughs> some weird shanty town. We've moved on. You've almost have a cell phone. Indeed. Mm. No, at this point, I had a cricket wireless phone <gasps> i had a cricket and i shared a number with a guy named uh, angel because people kept calling and asking for things so anyways hello <laughs> so <laughs> the timing of this one was i was living in provo for a year and then i was like you know what i want to go to utah state my whole family's gone there it's time for me to go and so i left all the friends that i had made for that year it was a, actually a really hard choice and i'm like look I need to go to Logan for some reason. I don't know why. I love the cold, apparently. Apparently. And so I went up there and I was sad for a couple months. I'm like, I left my whole network of friends and I'm making a few friends, but I'm like, this is just not as good as my friendships in Provo. I made friends with a, uh, this guy. He worked at Graywell, lived in the apartment complex. And he's like, hey, I've got a couple moody CDs for you. And I'm like, yeah, I could, I could use some moody music because it's cold here and I'm kind of sad. And so he gave me two albums by Travis. Okay. Oh, of course. That's your number two. My number two. And so the albums I, so were... So Train has to be your number one. It, it, hmm. We can't go a single time. <laughs> mentioning Travis Because I train. always get them confused. Although this time I knew I was making that joke. Yeah, that so the albums gap. were The Invisible Band and 12 Memories. And 12 Memories is my second choice. I'm so curious what your number one is now. I thought it was going to be Train. Travis. You did it again, Joel. That was unintentional. You did it again. So this song is called Love Will Come Through. I could have picked literally any song on this album. And these songs are really overly moody. Uh, I've chosen Reoffender, for example, on one of our love songs uh, episodes because it's kind of a sad love song. Somewhere else is a favorite. But for some reason, this album hit at the right time where I needed to be at that time. It felt deeper than anything else, than Red Hot Chili Peppers that I was listening to before that. Mm-hmm. And it became my soundtrack for the entire year. I was up there. Obviously, life improved. Logan was great. I made great friendships. But for some reason, Travis reminds me of the two years I lived up in Logan. 
because I could not stop listening to it. So uh, 12 Memories by Travis. No, they are hipster, though. Like, did they have a lot of commercial success? So it was weird because they came out with the first album and it's called Good Feeling and it wasn't well known here, but in England, they're huge. Mm. And then they did The Invisible Band. And I remember when I was in Australia because, you know, the whole Commonwealth thing, I remember seeing like posters for Travis. I'm like, whoever that band is. And apparently they were so big. You sure it wasn't Travis Tritt? You were it was Travis Tritt. Yeah. That mullet. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So Coldplay came out right after that and they actually attribute Travis for being their inspiration. Huh. But I also don't like Coldplay, so I hate to even make that Come uh, on. equation there. Well, Coldplay what? and Muse are basically the same. Band. Mr. Paltrow, you Coldplay don't like and Muse. Them? Who are you talking about? What? what? I'm sorry. What? Stop it right what now. Stop your mouth with the talking. <laughs> so that's my number two. <sighs> so my number two, actually similar vein to yours, Kent. Yours uh, is Train. Yeah, yeah. It's mm. no mine's Hazel Travis. Sister. Uh, my college album, like it's, it's yeah. it is an album that reminds me of. Uh, of going to college. So I, I was going to college a little bit after high school and then I became a restaurant manager and I stopped going. And then I, anyway, long story short, I, I got a, a, just a regular nine to five job and it gave me the opportunity to go back to college, but I, it was nighttime. And so I, <laughs> I found myself kind of lonely walking through the halls at night, you know, cause I had, I had a class once upon a time that started at 8 30 PM. Ooh. Yeah, so I would drive down from you know South Jordan where I worked to Orem. So it was like a I don't know 25, 30 minute drive. You did a lot of long drives back then. Yeah, and uh, I would I'd hang out in the computer lab and I would listen to music while I was doing homework until my class started. And there, this this particular band, uh, this album, just kind of started to represent sort of uh, the feelings that I had and the music I was listening to. I'm gonna go ahead and play it. This is Young the Giant. Wow. This is their uh, title album, like their, their, you know, Young the Giant. This is their debut album. Um, and I, this is the first track called Apartment. I adore this song. I'm getting chills just listening to it because it represents a, a, a certain time in your life, right? My life. Um, so the, the album itself, it's a, it's a band. They're, they're uh, just an indie band out of California. Um, the singer, I think, has a, a really interesting voice. He's um, his, his family's from India, and so he, uh, his name is Samir Gadia. He said the album is a feeling of isolation and almost surreal happiness with a lover. In summary, it's kind of an Orange County sound. When we first started doing this seriously and living together, Newport was just like an eternal summer for us. We drew a lot from that, and so. As I, you know, listen to this song, it's like got this almost melancholy happiness, but like a chill vibe. It it kind of helped calm me down. And to yeah, the I point where I, I didn't have a lot of success when I was in college and I would reach a certain point where I would give up and I mm-hmm. would just either That's a postal service album. <laughs> I'd either give my I I'd give up on my semester and I would either fail my classes or I'd get bad grades or whatever. And I reached a point during one of my semesters where I was, I was to that point, I was about to give up mm-hmm. and I was walking through the student center at Utah Valley university and just over the sound system, this song came on and it was like a little reminder of like, Hey, this is a song you love. This is a place that you love. Mm. You're doing okay. Wow. Just keep trying. Love it. And so I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And I got a, like a 4.0 that semester and I was uh, I finally like did it and I had some success. So every time I listen to this album, it's just it's an indie rock album. It's good, but I have a really strong personal connection with it, and I recommend people listening Did to you, it. Young the Giant sounds familiar to me though. They, they have a hit. They had like a, a few. They had cough, cough syrup. syrup. Yeah, was popular. Oh, and my body, my body tells me no. Oh, and then yeah, yeah. one more spoon of cough syrup now. Is that on the same album? Yep, all from that first album. 
I'm going to have to listen to that album. It's good. All right, Joel. What is sweet. your number one? Do you have any honorable mentions? We're not oh, doing honorable mentions. Okay. I've been sneaking them in. Seven is the number we count to. <laughs> Seven. Joel, what is your number one? Well, the, the fact is, I am an open book, guys. There is no reason you shouldn't All right. guess. Zach, Zach. What it's, my number one we, is. Can we guess it? It's totally, weird. you can. It's, it's Weird Al. No. No. It's not Weird Al at all. It is Flood. It's it's They Might Be Giants. Of course it is. Yes! Oh, I freaking it's, love I this song. Hey, I love this book. So you can be an open book all day. This is from the album. This is Bird House in Your Soul from the album Flood by They Might Be Giants released in 1990. Uh, this was funny because this album, once again, heavily influenced by my sister. We were... I, I may have told the story on Big Cell before, but I'll tell, you to tell it again. We're in the car. She was visiting her boyfriend who worked at Olive Garden, and she left me in the car so she can go talk to him. And I was just sitting there in the car. And this album, Flood, was in the tape deck, and I could not figure out how to get the tape out. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no eject button to get the tape out. And ended up having to push uh, forward and reverse at the same time, and that popped it out. But oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So I just sat there listening to this album, and I'm like, what the heck is this? But as it kept playing, I was like, I like this song. Oh, I like this one. And I kept listening to all the songs. And guys, this actually, I, there was a time in my life I was having a hard time. I'll say that. Aww. And I was, I was walking a long distance and I just decided I was going to try out loud, semi out loud, semi in my head, singing this album start to finish. And I could. I had this album completely memorized where I could sing every single track yeah. in order and it made me feel better doing that. Yeah. Do you feel like you have um, any of those, Kent? Uh, Travis would be that for me. Yeah. 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 You could sing all the way through. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This 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 album brings me so much joy. And it is, it's bizarre. Like there are some experimental songs in here. You get ones like Hearing Aid. No one is gonna be like, Hearing Aid is my favorite They Might Be Giants track. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. It's weird. Minimum wage is one of the shortest songs you'll ever hear, but I love it. Yeah. And so from start to finish, all the way from uh, the theme, which is the uh, theme from Flood, which is them singing about the album, all the way to Road Movie to Berlin. I love this song. And, I'm, and honestly, you can you can listen to me talk about it more on episode Bake It Sell episode 440. They might be podcasters coming out in March of 2024. Oh, wow. Um, wow. <laughs> We're going to have to do that. <laughs> Bake It Sell is going to have to last that long. But uh, I really do enjoy this album. And I know not everyone will, but this is probably my ultimate favorite album. Joel, it's a great for. album. If it people really don't is, like this, I would question their judgment. It is their definitive album. Can, it is their most popular album. so clearly see the album art. Yeah. 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 It's fantastic. The mm-hmm. green and gold thing going oh, on yeah. there. But Birdhouse yeah. in Your Soul is a top 20 song of all time. I love that song. And Istanbul obviously has a special place in my heart. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. A lot of people might see it as kitsch. Yeah. But there's just value there. Well, and it has special connection. We talked about yeah. that before. But so, yes, that's my number one album favorite. When we said had to pick our, our when we were said we had to pick our top five. Yeah. This was immediately the first one that came to mind. Sure. And so I was like, hey, that has to be it then. So, all right. Flood. Okay. Yes. I'm going I'm to spoil my choice without playing the song just yet. If that's okay. You can't do Surfion Stevens again. So it is actually Surfion Stevens. <laughs> I can't even pronounce it well anymore. <laughs> Surfion. So Souffle. I was still at Utah State at this time. I got to say this. Some of the best music I have ever found was recommendations by others, which is why I ask people for homework. Totally. But yeah, look at my sister influencing right? all these picks for me. And so I'd often ask like people to be like, hey, you, you know me. Burn a couple CDs. I'm driving home this weekend. I want to listen to whatever you like and what you think I'll like. Or like, let me borrow your iPod for the weekend, right? I remember iPods. I love it. I still have mine. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Like, hey, check out my music. Take my iPod yeah. for the weekend. Yeah. Uh, on the back says, don't waste Utah. Just let you know. <laughs> That's a reference. That's like a 1987 reference. Nice. It's fine. 
my buddy burned me a couple CDs and he burned me The Hives, The Strokes, and Muse Absolution. And he's like, I don't know if you'll really like Muse, but the other is you'll love. You're going to love The Hives, Kent. And yeah. I was like, okay, cool. So I listened to those other two first. I'm like, they're fine. Like, I'm kind of done. I get those two bands mixed up all the time, yeah, actually. Same. And then I listened to Absolution. I'm like, wow, this is really good. I'm like, this band's cool. Maybe not, you know, a new favorite, but it's really cool. And I'm like, I'm going to see what else Muse has done. And so I went back and I listened to Showbiz, which was their first Showbiz Pizza, which was <laughs> their first album. And the first couple tracks are really good. Uh, Muscle Museum. It's good. So great, right? Uh, unintended. I think it's yes. sweet. Yes. And it ends really well. But I was kind of like, that is where they get the Radiohead illusions. So that is where people say, yeah, they're kind of a copycat band of Radiohead. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to listen to Origin of Symmetry. And it took me 14 seconds to fall in love. Immediately. First track, Newborn. So this is Newborn, the first track on but the Origin album is of called Symmetry. Origin of Symmetry. Okay. And I'm listening to this and I'm like, well, this is different than their first album. This is kind of melodic. It's, it's really pretty. It's kind of like, and I started creating this music video in my head. And, I do that too. Right? And this song is about six minutes. It allows you to do that and create a story. And my story was a fantasy epic of sieging the castle yeah. in winter. And I was like, wow, this band is so incredibly epic. And, and Zach, as you brought up, Muse starts using instrumental stuff. Yeah. They only do in the first track here, and then they just start rocking out like crazy. Yeah, that this it goes sweet, and he kind of his voice kind of trails off. Yeah, and then it gets like, like it gets and, it gets that hard guitar music that you want. And this yeah. may not be everyone's favorite Muse album because it it goes so hard. But you have Plug in Baby, and Plug, then you have Plug in Baby is my favorite Muse. Uh, you guys love Muse. Yeah, Feeling Good, which is a uh, Nina Simone song, right? But they do a great version of it. Bliss. The second Bliss. track is really good. Yeah, I mean, it's so good. And this starts Muse's journey towards, hey, our themes are going to be like sci-fi surrealism, <laughs> anarchy, dystopian, you know, yeah. and it's always strange. But this album for me, when I need to just rock out, maybe get a little bit angry, Origin of Symmetry goes on. Even if I'm feeling just happy, this one goes on and it continues to make me happy. Newborn is a top five song ever. So... Okay. My number one is Muse, Origin of Symmetry. Well, Kent, you can color me amused. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely am going to have to listen to that album. It's really good. I really like it so much. It's, I, I wanted to pick it. I knew Kent would. Just, you knew I'd pick that one. I knew. Which would. of the two that albums? You, you guys both picked a Muse album. Which one came first? Uh, his. Origin of Symmetry. Origin of Symmetry was their third album. Their second. Second album. That's mm. right. It's all right. Uh, then mine was their fifth. Okay, so mine uh, is my number one, even though we all know I've been going chronologically this whole time. However, I would be willing uh, over time to say that this is probably going to become one of, if not my very favorite albums of all time. It is my most recent on the list, and it is actually fairly recent. So um, I mentioned earlier that I really liked Panic at the Disco. They were like a guilty pleasure band for me, and I kind of followed what was going on with the drama because like they were breaking up left and right and the band was falling apart. Mm -hmm. So at one point it became just two people, the singer and the drummer, and they had to add on some extra pieces. And so I saw that they're like, oh, they're going to have this, this bassist touring with them that uh, he's actually from Utah. He was in a band called the Brobex. And I'm like, I've heard of I've that. seen him in concert. I've heard of that band. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I've heard of that band. And I listened to a couple songs. I'm like, yeah, I know these guys. His name's Dallin Weeks. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, Utah guy and I've, I've indie band I've heard before and he's in this bigger band now. That, congratulations. And so I kind of keep one eyeball on that whole situation for a while. So then down weeks, eventually it starts to kind of come out. He's not happy at all 
being in this band. He hates being at Panic at the Disco. Was it the commercialism? Like, what was it? It was, uh, it was Brandon. Panic. Commercial in it. Yeah, he panicked. And the Disco. <laughs> yeah. It was the commercialism, the big, the big, you know, machine of it, all. of it all. And yeah. he really doesn't like, apparently, really doesn't like Brendan Urie. Okay. Who was just apparently a pompous jerk. Sure. What? And, <laughs> right? And so, essentially, while he's, he is the bassist for Panic at the Disco, he forms a secret band uh, with, with another guy um, whose name escapes me. Uh, so he forms uh, this sort of secret band, and they're gonna like they're gonna you know go under the radar and start releasing music. And then he eventually uh, leaves, gets fired from Panic at the Disco, whatever, and these songs start to become more popular. But because this was a secret band, it's called I don't know how, but they found me. A reference to 1985's Back to the Future. Eventually, mm-hmm. they release some songs, start playing some shows, and they put out an EP. Um, which I really liked, and that's you know I heard some of their some of their songs from that. They finally released their first album in 2020, and I, I love this. It says uh, this is from the Wikipedia article. It was originally set to be released by Fearless Records on October 16th, 2020, but was pushed back to October 23rd, 2020, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. That's um, that's that's like nine days. <laughs> <laughs> what we thought it'd be over nine well, days. Yeah, yeah, right. This is the first track uh, on the album, Leave Me Alone. And it just has a vibe that I'm into. The, and I think because the lead singer is the bass player, mm-hmm. um, I favor bass and drums in my music. And so it, it's bass forward and has sort of this electronic flavor to it. You know, obviously they're, they're a bit influenced by 80s music. Yeah. And he still has sort of an indie flair that I appreciate. Um, wow, so you went re- I think you win for most recent. Yeah. Yes. This is 2020. I I, <laughs> I have this album. I the reason I bought this album is because I again I just wanted to support like technically a local guy. I want to support the band. I the copy of the album I have is is signed by Dallin Weeks, the lead singer. And it's funny, I keep it in my car, in my glove box. My car I currently have does not have a CD player. <laughs> just oh. keep it there. I just have it. Yeah. Just in case. It, it's a great album. Uh I listened to it all the way through. It's got some really interesting songs. They sing one that's called Nobody Likes the Opening Band. It was a song <laughs> that he wrote years, uh, two years before and would play. And it's about when how... When they were an opening band. Yeah, when they were an opening band. Yeah. Nobody likes the opening band. Like They, they play too early. We haven't never Guys, heard we anything they song. do. Yeah! They play, yeah, they, they play with uh, secondhand guitars and yeah. not very well. And it, you, just, you just want us gone. right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's like they had to deal with that so often. You know, flash forward and they got to play Leave Me Alone on Ellen. <laughs> oh well, well. I know well. you know you've made it. I think they, I think they've been found. But yes, the album is Razzmatazz, uh, and check it out if you haven't it's already. A great I've, album. I've worn like I think I think it was the Crumps that called out. I wore the T-shirt on like a Facebook Live once. Mm-hmm. Um, love the band, and uh, I can't wait to see what they do in the future. Yeah, they're so good. Yes. Well, there you go. All right. So there are our lists of our top ten minus three albums. <laughs> Uh, we're going to make our Spotify playlist with a little sampler of each one, or maybe the entire album. Who knows? We'll, no, we'll, no, just a couple. Just, yeah. There's so many I want to listen to. But gentlemen, yeah. I want to make you a solemn vow right now right. that I will listen to each one of your albums in their entirety. Wow. I, I tell you I what. I will do the same. I, I agree. The, uh, we're doing a solemn finger boop. I'm even the Phantom of the Opera. The unbreakable Phantom finger boop. Uh, can I get credit for already having listened to Phantom of the Opera? Nope. It has to be before. The uh, end of the week in which this show airs. Wow. Well, let's not get crazy, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not. I will take a nap to Phantom of the Opera yes. like you did. 
But let us know on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. When we post this show, let us know in the comments your favorite albums. Like, do you still believe in the album experience? Is that something you think people will hold on to? Or do you think that's a thing of the past? Let us know because we want to hear from you. But before we go, we'd like to give some love to some patrons, including the I Am The Listener group, Sir and Madam Hicks, Shannon West, Scott Sprague, Ryan and Marley, Rocky and Steph, Lady Terry A. Finley, Juice the Cooler King Swallow, Jennifer Kukowski, Debbie Foster, Dave Kelly, Casey Cummings, Briggs is Hot, Braden Winterton, Angela Plotz, Andrew Dancing Through the Fire, Alicia Bass, and Adam and Rachel Crump. And then we have our Baking Council, which includes the other Josh, the one, the only Chris Anderson, Stephen, everyone's favorite Ross, Star Wars expert Kyler, our favorite couple, the Madsons, Nicole D. Kale, Johnny English the Brick, Her Royal Highness Jessica Terry, Glow Clint Daniel, and Bigger! Thank you, patrons. Thank you, patrons. You are the moo to our z- Muse. It's a muse. Ick, moo? Ick, muse. Muse. <laughs> but if you want to find me, you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter, or you can find me performing with Quickwits. They perform at the Midvale Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the Quickwits Facebook page. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Kenny3DD. You can read my movie reviews at showtimeshowdown.com. If you want to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at Tumbling Mustard. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale. Please like that Facebook page and visit at Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram. While you're doing that, visit tpublic.com slash bacon sale, where you too can become a billboard of bacon sale by wearing a t-shirt. Also, if you like the show, you like what's going on here, and you want to support us further, visit patreon.com slash bacon sale, where support starts at just $3 a month. You can get access to all sorts of benefits, including behind the scenes uh, uh, images, uh, Joel's notes. We have the semi-weekly bacon bits where Joel gives us vacation updates. It's yeah. a good time patreon.com a lot of Disneyland on this last one so until next time uh, we're going to be hanging out at Blockbuster Music if you want to join us what even is that it was a mistake (laughs) I regret it I get the Kroger brand because I'm not made of money there can be only five or Zach says no and then Kent says, yeah, probably not. And I'm like, so we're doing five then? Is that our compromise was seven? I killed my darlings. They're gone. Hold on. <laughs> 20 to 34. Hold on. It's 42. 24. 54. Tracks. No. What? Isn't it? 43. What? Anyway, math is hard. And uh, we're going to talk about music instead. Guys, rap? Bad news. Words? What are they doing here? They- I'm scared of words. <laughs> Kent's hype music is off the chain. <laughs> Hips, hipster hype? It was a joke I was playing on myself. I was seven. <laughs> <laughs> we would have not been friends. Just One just person broke just broke up with himself. <laughs> Between the two of you, I feel like you're the stage crew of Bacon Cell right now. <laughs> wow, music is so incredible. Have you yeah. guys heard music? Can't have that. If I'm everyone like. likes something, we can't like it, guys. <laughs> The year was 1997. <laughs> what was that? This is my this old man Kent. This old He's, man Kent. He, he lives on a ranch. Kent, <laughs> Kent's greatest year in America. Was, was, they're trying to do Nirvana, but hopeful. Oh, so, you know, Sir, that, well, that, was good, that was a good comeback, Kent. <laughs> they got to play "Leave Me Alone" on Ellen. Uh,
Uh, we had <laughs> Joel. You're good. I you had it. I'm overthinking. <laughs> yeah, just names from now on. <laughs> <laughs>